0: There is over a trillion dollars of waste in supply chains today. The net zero carbon emission is something that corporates are taking very seriously. To meet these objectives, they're going to have to take into consideration CO2 emissions. Hi, and welcome back to this week's episode of Net Zero Carbon. I'm Tyler Cole, your host, and this is the show with Free Waves, where we deep dive on decarbonization and sustainability. Today, I've got the honor of being joined by Danny Wan the Executive Director of the Port of Oakland. Danny, how are you?
1: Good. How are you doing, Tyler?
0: I'm very well. Thank you for taking the time to speak to us. I'm sure you've got a lot of other more important things on your plate out there at the port that we'll get into talking about recently. But why don't we start with this? Why don't we start with a little bit of a background on you? How, do, how long have you been working at the port and how did you come to be
1: involved in service? Sure. Uh, as you know, the Port of Oakland, uh, we here at three lines of service here. We have our seaport, it's very important. I think that's our focus of the discussion. But we also run the airport in about 19 miles of the waterfront in the city of Oakland. So uh, I was uh, appointed uh, three years ago, right before the uh, pandemic, to be the executive director of the Port of Oakland. Lucky me. And everybody remember that uh, that cruise ship that had the initial COVID case that uh, was looking for port, and that was the, my second week at port when they pulled up the Port of Oakland.
0: What about timing, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the John.
1: Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh.
0: Well, tell me a little bit about the role of the executive director in a port. I think listeners are familiar with the Port of Oakland. It's you know a top 10 busiest port in the U.S. known for not only container shipping, but also does a lot of agricultural products to go through, beef and pork, and kind of the gateway from the Midwest and that California heartland of ag going, going out of the country. Um, But what else? You mentioned the airport, you mentioned uh, some commercial real estate. How do you interact with all of those as the executive director?
1: Well, so, yeah, so my job is really to make sure that the Port of Oakland is the transportation hub and the commerce hub in the city and the region, as well as the state and international. Uh, And as you pointed out, um, our seaport, uh, happens to be fairly unique in that we are about 50% import and 50% export in California, amount California ports, meaning that uh, a lot of the ag exports, as you pointed out, and a lot of the, uh, uh, by the way, recycling business as well, uh, go through the port of Oakland to Asia. So uh, so that is a very important segment of our business. A lot of our uh, business is reefers, um, protein and uh, uh, chilled products. Uh, going out to Asia, uh, many of the Asian countries very va- very much value our uh, California products as well as Midwest uh, protein products. So we're very happy that, that we're very much of an ag uh, hub here. There's exports, of course, imports. Uh, we support the region here, uh, and uh, we have a rail line. We have th- uh, two rail lines: UP and BNSF is also running from the port. But most of our cargo is through trucks.
0: Okay. Excellent. Good to know. We'll definitely get into trucks here in just a little bit. But before we start with the E, I like to remind listeners, you know, we're not just talking about emissions and environment on this show. This is the full ESG encompassing. So we're coming, uh, we're early June recording this on the heels of a big uh, labor agreement going on at the and with the Maritime Association. So I think that'd be an important place for us to kick off talking about the port as an economic, you know, vibrancy of the city. You've got hundred thousand jobs, reliant probably more than that. When you talk about just total commerce coming in and out, how big of a deal
1: was that agreement um, that that was just reached a couple of weeks ago? Well, it certainly was a big deal. As I pointed um, pointed out, we, as you pointed out, we about uh, hundred thousand jobs rely on the port of Oakland in the region, and we also generate a lot of properties uh, and sales taxes for local governments. But more importantly, we are also uh, a national hub, to, to, again, to facilitate many of the ag folks that depend on the port to get their stuff out. So the port needs to grow. And we are at a moment where the federal government and the state government uh, both recognize that the port's uh, capacity is important after we came out of the whole COVID experience. So they are uh, federal government, state government, are mu- very much also investing in infrastructure for the ports. So uh, it is a time to really settle down and look at how we grow our business at the Port of Oakland and frankly, at the West Coast. Uh, I think the contract settlement is big in that as, as, as long as that contract was a uncertainty among shippers, uh, it was a detracting from our efforts to grow the West Coast volume and at the Port of Oakland. So uh, hopefully this uh, contract is going to be ratified and then we are going to be on our way to growing the ports in the volume at the West Coast ports and grow in a way that is relevant to your discussion, our discussion here today, a growing a zero emissions in green manner.
0: It's a win for all parties involved as soon as that gets signed, so happy to hear. You mentioned a couple things there that I think are worthy of taking as our next part of the conversation around investment and growth. Um, we're recording this June 23. We're on the heels of implementing billions of dollars of monies, both federally and at state levels, designed to reinvent our industrial economy and do it in a way that's green and sustainable. What are some of the biggest opportunities of some of those
1: dollars at the port? Well, there's really uh, two opportunities right top of their head uh, right now. One is, again, to really uh, make the ports, uh, especially in the West Coast, really live up and take advantage of all its capacity. So, and that requires efficiency measures that requires upgrading of very aging infrastructure sometimes and making sure that our deferred maintenance is taken care of. At the Port of Oakland, for example, just to give you an example, uh, that's what I have here, this this little yellow area right here is 120 acres of a terminal that unfortunately is not being used as a over-the-dock terminal right now. It's being used for parking and it's 50 feet deep and it's a uh, have invested quite a bit of money in there. But what it needs is some upgrades and uh, also to uh, actually, believe it or not, do some paving that uh, has, not, has not been done for the last 30 years. That kind of investment will add capacity to the West Coast, the 120 acres of deep water terminal that we need to put to use. So uh, it's really uh, kind of uh, a story here uh, during a pandemic when everybody was saying, oh, so congested, lack of capacity, lack of space. I took one of our federal officials and took him here and he's looked at it and they go, oh, wow, you have all this space for extra capacity? I said, yes, we just need some investment to activate it. So that is certainly an opportunity to really maximize the capacity that we have uh, at the Port of Oakland. And number two, um, you know, before the pandemic and before the infrastructure bill, if you ask me uh, whether we're going to be able to reach the goals that we have on zero emissions and greenhouse gas reduction, Uh, and climate change goals. Uh, I would have said, um, those are worthy goals that we're absolutely pursuing. However, in terms of feasibility, we're gonna have to really look hard and and, and hard at how we get there. Uh, But with the infrastructure bill, and frankly, with a lot of encouragement from the federal government and the state governments here to incentivize research and really take people uh, with talent and science into this uh, technology, and with the money that's coming forth under the infrastructure bill, I am happy to say that when I see the tunnel, the, uh, the light in the tunnel, that these things are feasible. That we're in fact able to meet all our regulatory requirements in California, which, by the way, is probably more stringent than most states in the country. Uh, and and not only uh, meet those requirements in California, but also sort of even be uh, more advanced of them. Another
0: day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Took the words out of my mouth. That I was about to say that California is not just a leader, but often exceeds the minimum required at federal levels and many environmental standards. So thank you for calling that out. The area that I think that shines most brightly and gets talked about all the time on this network is the electric electrification of trucking. It's a big conversation. It's very buzzy, especially when you combine it with autonomous vehicles. Everybody wants to talk about it, but it's still just such a small piece when we're talking about actual numbers of deployed vehicles. But to your point, what we see coming is not just the political will, but the funding, and maybe even more importantly, the talent that's flowing into the space that is motivated to make this happen. Those are the three things, the three legs of the stool, you might say, that I think are gonna really make an impact in the next five years. How is the Port of Oakland seeing investment today in and around some of the, like, Dre electrification opportunities?
1: Well, so, drainage electrification is certainly something we've been planning for, and I think that's the advantage. i I I must brag a little bit about California, of course, uh, the advantage of having uh, been forewarned by regulatory requirements, frankly, that we need to plan for this. So, we are very much ahead of, in the planning of that. Uh, so, uh, recently, we just got a very good grant for construct construction microgrid on the port of Oakland. And... Uh, so that means we're going to be uh, building solar and trying to get battery packs, battery technology, as well as, uh, very importantly, uh, hydrogen is the mix. Uh, we need to talk about hydrogen as a mix for hid- for hydrated uh, trucks because it offers certain advantages that electricity does not. Uh, obviously, we need to look at clean hydrogen uh, as a preferred way of getting there. But those are all things that we've been planning for. Uh, for example, at the Port of Oakland, we are also an electric utility on our own. We actually purchase power and distribute to our customers. That's a big advantage. We've been taking that uh, state and federal investment and t- upgrading our substations to make sure we have the electrical capacity here. Of course, the trick in any kind of electrical um, uh, infrastructure is where do you place, where do you get the power from? Where do you plan for the peak capacity at the port? In other words, there's the normal capacity, but as you know, ports, that demand goes up and down. You have to meet the peak, which is very expensive. And then where do you put the plugs? Because trucks move around. They might park here one day, and they might park here another another place. And frankly, it goes beyond the port. Uh, if you look at truck movements, they don't come usually fill up at the port. They fill up outside of the port boundaries, right? And they go on the routes. So the planning has to be both a state and a, a, a statewide effort in terms of uh, accommodating that in the state the port area itself, but also outside the boundary along the highway, freeway uh, corridors. That's why California Transportation Department is very involved in that discussion about how to electrify dray trucks. And, uh, and so that's the whole set of planning process that's very exciting that had, now has the investment to back it up.
0: It is exciting, and it's coming soon. We should have a lot of these trucks hitting the road or being registered at least early next year, pinned yeah. by any issues, so that's yeah. very exciting. You mentioned hydrogen, and that's another one that I like focusing on. How, how developed is that compared to electrification and upgrading substations? Because it's got its own set of infrastructure that's involved. Is that something you envision hosting on site, or is that another one that probably happens outside of the boundaries of the port?
1: Well, as, as, as we let the electricity and hydrogen, some other infrastructure should be on site uh, in terms of storage, in terms of making sure there's the conveniences to to make sure that the, the air, uh, people can fill up at the port when needed. But again, a lot of that infrastructure is also off offsite. Uh, the production of hydrogen is a process that starts somewhere else, and they to be transported to the port. So, and then the uh, then the trick is how do, how do you have fueling infrastructure at mm-hmm. the port? necessary but also all around hydrogen i would say uh, they um is uh, the technology and the advancement of that is probably in parallel with electricity and as we have uh, people have looked into this matter in fact right now i would say a hydrogen truck has more of a range than electrical trucks right so electrical truck can travel certain uh, 100 miles but hydrogen gives you a bigger range and also the fuel is portable uh, so the trick is to find the the, uh, the uh, production process in a way that does not add to greenhouse gas emissions. Exactly. Now, the, the same is for electricity. You, you, can, you have to find source of electricity that's clean and you have to bring it to the port. And again, um, the, the infrastructure uh, uh, that needs for electricity is enormous. Uh, it starts from the state's own electrical grid. Make sure there's actually capacity delivered to the port. And then, when you need, when you identify the location where that uh, that truck might be parked, uh, you have to then find out whether there's a wires that goes to that particular location, and whether there is uh, enough uh, inter interconnection uh, capacity there. So it's a very complex web, but fortunately, again, with the investment, we're figuring all this out. Well, and you
0: guys are uniquely situated, just in the way that you're constructed as an entity to operate in collaboration with other stakeholders right because you guys are so interconnected with the city with lots of different businesses that are both tenants on site but also that come onto your property throughout the day at all times so it's a unique opportunity for you to kind of step back and see the solution set as a whole and understand where you can provide impact to accelerate that that development
1: that is a very good point um uh, with both, uh, as you know, Carb uh, California Air Resources Board set regulations in California that are starting in January first, twenty twenty four, all trucks uh, has to be in the registry, and then by 20- twenty thirty five, all trucks uh, have to be zero emissions with some uh, grandfathering clauses in there. So that that starts from a state. Uh, the planning uh, also. Uh, has to be collaborated with the California Energy Commission in terms of making sure there's enough energy to come through. But ultimately, at the uh, uh, we are a landlord port, uh, unlike some ports uh, probably other parts of the country. So we are uh, the turn terminal operators are our tenants, but they have been collaborating, and they they need to buy the electrical equipment. We need to work with them to figure out which technology they would prefer. Uh, and then making sure that the infrastructure is set in there for them. And uh, they are getting grants also from state and federal sources to convert their equipment today. Uh, I think in California, we're also much further advanced in terms of plugging in the ships to shore power. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, now, uh, the, uh, shore, uh, right now, the port is at about, you know, it fluctuates, but about between 70 and 80% of our ships' visits are plugged in. But as you know, again, in California, uh, there's a regulation that now is going to require all container ships to be plugged in. So that is another advance that we need to have provide power for. Uh, I think these are things that uh, California and the Florida Oakland is providing leadership for. But I reassure the rest of the country that the t- technology is there. And I think there needs to be a uniform standard so that every place on level playing field here.
0: Exactly right. Uniform standard would be huge. But you guys are doing leading out in front of many other areas and it's it's nice to see. So thank you guys for that. And even going beyond, I'm curious, maybe we should talk a little bit about this next step. Um, not many ports have started to require tenants to move towards zero emission um, handling equipment. And you guys earlier this year in Q1 had an announcement that you're going to require tenants and, and everyone operating on site to put a plan together. Can we talk a little bit about that and what the long-term vision is for that?
1: Yeah. I think another breakthrough in this sort of um, in this uh, era where there is, in fact, investment and, and and technology development is that our tenants have been much more willing to talk and discuss with us about how to get to those uh, uh, end goals of zero emissions, uh, because they see that the investments there uh, from the Fed, federal and state governments and that they want to take advantage of that, because if they miss the boat, then when deadlines comes, they're gonna to have to spend their own money to do it mostly. So, uh so on top of that, uh, we were able to then enact an ordinance that says that by the end of this uh, this year, our tenants are required to give us a plan as to how they how they, along with us, uh, plan to ze- reach the zero emissions goals, and which technology they want to adopt. Uh, what kind of uh, map it out? Where is the plugs going to be? Where is your infrastructures going be? What pieces of equipment do you still have uh, that are not zero emissions? How do you plan to advance those into zero emissions? Whether you're going to go through a stage of a hybrid technology before you get to zero emissions? How much is the cost of it? So those are the information that we need to plan. Uh, to advance our zero emissions goal. Because right now, simply imposing a regulation says you must use a blah, blah, blah at such a date, uh, first of all, is uh, not the way we should do business with our tenants because we want to encourage planning, advanced uh, collaboration, but I do require them to give us a plan to think about it and to come talk to us about how to get there and bring the resources to do it.
0: That's a thoughtful approach. Not as many regulators are are doing it that way as they should, I think. Although, in California we are starting to see the stakeholder process gain more traction so that's encouraging to hear. What's uh what's next on the horizon for the port? Are there any initiatives or things that you're working on towards the end of the year um that we can let listeners know about?
1: Absolutely. Like I said uh, in our uh we're trying to redevelop our, our harbor terminal and we're doing a, a zero missions. Then it's going to be a zero mission terminal. Uh, we recently got a grant that's very exciting that allows us to build a microgrid on the port that will supply power. And another grant on there will be us, uh, upgrading the electrical infrastructure. So we are on our way to making that terminal, a model zero emissions terminal uh, at the Port of Oakland, and if not in the country. And so that is certainly something very exciting. Uh, we are uh, working toward uh, working. We have had events with our truckers to really uh, to have discussions with them. We offer free lunch here in order to have discussions with them about what's coming up and how can we help. So those are things that we are certainly doing. And uh, and uh, we are, uh, as you know, we are uh, gone through a process where we reduced our truck emissions only by 85% over the last decade. Uh, We're planning to get to zero emissions. And we have uh, recently, you we know, collaborating with our neighborhoods to see if, how we can get there together. Uh, uh, along with zero emissions, sea level rise is another issue that we need to work with our neighborhoods on. And so those are things, a lot of things to tackle. But I think the exciting announcement is, is that we have concrete plans in place to get there.
0: That is absolutely very exciting. We didn't talk about this beyond the port. We've kind of been focused there, but around the airport, I'm sure are there initiatives ongoing there for sustainable aviation fuel or zero emission, like handling a cargo equipment there as well?
1: Absolutely. And that's a, Actually, uh, in many ways, the, Air, the Oakland Airport is a little more, uh, ahead of the seaport in that uh, working with, uh, we have a major tenant, Southwest Airlines, and some other tenants there that have been already for years talking about how to make sure the ground service equipments are electrical, electric. And in fact, if you come to Port, uh, Air, Oakland Airport, you will see that the, all the ground service equipments are already electric. They're plugged in. Uh, so, uh, so that's not even an issue anymore in terms of the airport. Uh, we're trying to make sure that that's true hundred percent, terms there's a, well, of course the big deal is the, uh, air, airplane fuel. And, uh, I think, um, that is going to be something that the FAA and us going to be talking very much in terms of advancing. And, uh, again, there's exciting investments there as, uh, and the Port of Oakland, we're also planning to modernize our airport. Uh, everybody who fly through the uh, Oakland know that it's a very convenient airport, but we also need to upgrade it and modernize it. Again, that process is going to evolve a lot of green energy and zero emissions technology.
0: There is never a dull moment in this space because <clears throat> there's always an opportunity to improve towards net zero, right? Absolutely. So we've talked a little bit about the initiatives of the port, but I'm curious about, about yours and your reason. I ask every guest that comes on this show the same question at the end. What's your personal motivation for embedding sustainability in your work or for focusing on these initiatives?
1: Well um, you know again, I want to start this conversation. Uh, our goal is to grow the port, grow our business because it is uh, that growth that supplies the jobs and the economic vitality of our community as well as uh, our the, the communities that depend on us to ship their goods uh, and also to fly around in passenger planes. So we need to grow, And, uh, but the opportunity to grow in a way that puts us ahead of the game is grow growing a green, green way and then to grow in a zero emissions way, because that is the wave of the future. We need to have, be ahead of that wave. And, uh, so putting that in place, like I said, California, I think has the fortune of being having, being sort of, uh, uh, I think in a way forced to think about it ahead of time. So we have the plans in place now and into the implementation stage. So being ahead of the game, I think, I believe will advance us into our cause to grow our business as well. So they go hand in hand. Used to be the narrative that uh, that green energy, you know, that this requirement is going to kill the business. It's not really going to happen. I think the narrative has changed that if you're not in the zero emissions business, you're not making plans to convert your poor, you're going to be behind and you're not going to grow. And we're not, we're going to be the growth leader. Leadership.
0: That's what it's all about in this new era. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. Okay. Well, Danny, thank you for your leadership. Thank all you right. for your time and carving out a few minutes to speak with us and our listeners today. We look forward to seeing more announcements out of the port, more progress, and uh, green energy and
1: electrification all around. Thank you, Tyler. Take care.
0: There's over a trillion dollars of waste in supply chains today. The net zero carbon emission is something that corporates are taking very seriously. To meet these objectives, they're going to have to take into consideration CO2 emissions.